check, 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 check. All right. Well, we may as well just run with it while it's working. Just dive right on in. Do we have something we need to talk about? I can't remember what we meant to do in and around this episode other than the songs. I think we're just getting to the songs, which, um, you know, is our summer jams with multiple Z's on the end of it of 2019. I have one beef, though, that I need to get off my chest um, before we get into the summer jams, since we're talking summer. Um, you don't like summer? No, I, I love of summer. summer I've got beef. <laughs> summer's not my beef. My beef is... A woman named Summer? <laughs> no, it's it's all of the, like, last weekend, which You're was... You're either singing about a woman named Mandy or a man <laughs> named Andy. An infatuation with a woman named Mandy. Coming in hot with the Simpsons reference, <laughs> like 30 seconds in. That's a new world record. No, my beef is last weekend, which was Labor Day. Was la- Yeah, it was Labor Day last weekend. Um, when I'm sitting there all depressed that summer is coming to a close, and then I start every- seeing everybody start posting online on Instagram or whatever, saying like, oh, last day of summer, last day of summer, last day of summer. I'm like, bitches, like, it's not the last day of summer. We're It's still a whole another month left. Yeah, September 23rd is the last day of summer this year. It just goes from vacation time to work time. Well, I think it has to do with like people's children going back to school. So it's like last day of summer. So yeah. they should be celebrating. So they got three days of summer left or three weeks of summer left with no children. But I just I have beef that it's depressing. Don't talk about the end of summer three weeks before summer's over. You know? Yeah, it's premature. It is premature. That is our new robot co-host. <laughs> Country bot 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was happening for a moment. Didn't realize that we little just, Bose speaker is still on. We just talked about this. Uh, I was telling you about that speaker I have that like um, <laughs> it stays on for about 40 minutes after yeah. you stop listening to music. So oftentimes like I'll go to bed and then the thing will just be like disconnecting. And I like shoot out of bed with a ready bat. To like, pair. Yeah. Ready to pair. Ready to pair. Who's ready to pair? Yeah. I am in bed already. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so we're going to do our favorite songs of uh, this past summer, being that we're edging up towards the end of summer, but it's not over, so you can still have three weeks of listening to our sweet Summer Jams playlists. It's also kind of a retrospective in like what were, the, what were our Summer Jams this year, and not our favorite songs that we obviously always re-listen to in summer, but new songs that came out for this summer yeah two songs that were released in 2019 that were our summer jams we should we could probably do a whole episode on just straight up favorite summer jams you know of all time oh, be yeah. a cool one too we'll do that next summer there's there were some seriously good songs that came out this year and that were on my summer jam playlist it was hard to narrow down and i saw that on your playlist too and then i adopted a bunch of your songs um well we had my, well did you adopt those two or did you no did I, we straight up we straight up nailed down two songs that were exactly the same yeah. that were on both of our, which I'm surprised actually it wasn't more. But um, some of the other ones on your list when I was when I was doing the Spotify playlist and I was checking out your playlist, um, some of those were also added to my summer list now too. So in my last remaining three weeks of summer, I'll be rocking out to some of your summer jams. Excellent. Country, country music. I, I'll start with one. 
just okay. because uh kick kind us of, off this better be good off. it's it's so 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 good um i'm gonna talk and everybody's probably gonna do a collective eye roll but i'm gonna talk tyler childers because i do a lot but you know it's for a different reason um you know his his new album came out uh back in august like first week of august and just i know we've talked about this or i think i mentioned it at one point but this album hit number one on Billboard Country Albums, dethroning Luke Combs, who we also love, but I think it was a pretty cool feat because Luke Combs was number one album for like 44 weeks. And that's a record. Previous record was Randy Travis at 43 weeks. And um, Shania Twain, all-time record, uh, 50 weeks with 1997's Come On Over. But anyways, I digress. Uh, I listened to this Tyler Childers album on repeat for about two full days while I was driving around Seattle just doing some solo touristy stuff at the beginning of the month and I listened to this song that I'm going to talk about it's called Ever Love and Hand I must have heard this song probably 10 times before I clicked you realized? In, before I realized because I was driving I feel like Wheeler Walker Jr would be very proud of this song Yeah cuz it's so I want to say tongue in cheek but that also makes it sound even dirtier but it was just uh it was it was not obvious to me anyways, but I think part of it was that I was driving in an unknown city and I was looking for directions and blah, 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 blah. So I wasn't paying as much attention to lyrics as I usually do. But then at one point, the the first line of the song um, is, uh, they've got my favorite lotion here, something in a hotel I admire. And I just kept thinking I was mishearing it. And then finally I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why is he talking about lotion? It was the pictures you sent me or like, <laughs> and then yeah texting me what you want to do to me and things like that that like that's when it clicked for me yeah so if no one's figured it out yet this this song ever loving ever loving hand is it's about masturbation uh lines like this one here goes out to you wherever you may be <laughs> when, when you're reaching for a fruit i hope you fondly think of me <laughs> so what i finally realized is i started thinking about um the lyrics a little more critically and then i realized that as goofy as it is it's not just a goofy song about you know jerking it um, it, it's a country song that's about fidelity, which is a subject I find you don't hear a lot in country music. It's usually cheating songs or heartbreak songs. Uh, so like one of the lines, like it gets so hard out on the road, uh, but I do it all alone because I'm, I'm I just realized it gets so hard out on the road. is like another double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> so I get so hard out on the road, but I do it alone because I'm your man. I've got you on my mind and I've got my ever loving hand. Just like, you know, that's such a Tyler Childers lyric, and he's so good uh, at these clever types of lyrics, these turns of phrase and humor that he interjects into these songs that sound somewhat serious. Didn't and, Sturgill uh, produce this record? Yeah, he did. And I think someone else that was, I think we talked about this before, that was like involved with Johnny Cash at some point or something. I forget the guy's name, but hmm. go into our backlog of it has of a bit things. of a Dave Cobby feel to it too, but I don't know if he was, I guess Sturgill feels like that, so I don't know. Yeah. But it, it's, I just find it cool because it is actually, in a funny song, it's a bit of a positive message. Um, his wife, uh, Sonora May, she's also an artist. Check her out. She's pretty his cool, too. His wife's name is Sonora May? Yeah. That is a badass name. Yeah. that's And that's, um, he has a song called Lady May, I think. And it's about her, obviously. It's really cool. Um, and then just before uh, I pass the torch to you, I'll just got this one quote that I love that he said, I don't think I've said it up on this podcast but i think you said it fairly recently it was the problem with country is we've turned props into the play let's not just solo cup and pick up truck it to death let's handle this in a smart way nobody's thinking about lyrical content or how we're moving people or what's going on in the background of their minds which i think is kind of apropos for someone who just did a song about masturbation <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
fair. Um, I'll start with Riley Green. I, I think I, I learned about Riley from my brother, actually. Um, my, my brother and I are pretty big into hunting. Uh, he has been more waterfowl than I, historically. Uh, we've both been really into deer hunting. I do turkey hunting up here, too. Uh, not so much of that back home where he still lives. Um, but in terms of birds, I've, me and my dog are all about the upland. And uh, him and his dog are more for the waterfowl. I've gotten into it in the last year or so, but historically he's been uh, the waterfowl guy in the family. And your dog know, Merle, my do- our executive producer Merle, who just walked out of the room. <laughs> hey Merle, he got up and walked out as soon as you said that. Yeah, I know. He's like, did I ever tell you I almost named my dog Whalen? That would have been sweet. <laughs> it really would have been, but my my uh, spouse at the time was not having it. So. Oh. But imagine we would have come together as buddies after that, and it's like, wait, your dog's name is Merle? Yeah. <laughs> it's Whalen? <laughs> that would have been pretty on point. Um, so anyways, um, Luke, a couple, it wasn't a couple years ago. It was probably last year, maybe early last year. Um, he had been following a number of hunting sites on Instagram, and uh, Halo Waterfowl is one of them. And via that so the owner of uh halo is buddies with riley green they have like a tv show together he's sponsored by them he's always wearing these halo hats when he's on on stage and in his videos and on instagram and everything so luke found out about him through that and then flipped it on to me like hey you ever heard of this guy and i was like i think i've heard the name before but never really dug into it like one of those younger up-and-coming guys that you don't really no, you haven't really looked into like the one EP that they have out yet. And uh, I really liked it. I liked uh, his early stuff. And this was before the Get This Man a Beer EP. And then when that came out, loved everything on it. And uh, I think some point earlier this year, uh, I Wish Grandpa's Never Died was released as just like a bootleg video on YouTube, I think, of him doing it on stage. And I loved it as soon as I heard it. And that was just the acoustic version. And when he finally put out a version that was like fully produced, that's going to be on the record that's about to come out later, uh, I think this coming month in, in, in September, it's going to be coming out, uh, what's it called? Different Round Here, I think. Uh, it was so good. It, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm torn here because I've seen this kind of thing before where like Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean's like first records were great. They were country. And there was hard left turns that came in. And I think my brother said this as well too when we were discussing this is oh, I I hope that this stays. And he seems like such a real like cool down home like set in what he's going to do and his vision and his music way that hopefully it doesn't change with bigger record labels and record deals. Luckily, he's on uh, Big Machine, which ironically, um, contrary to what the name implies, has a lot of like legit country acts on there that are mainstream but but good, like Aaron Lewis, Midland, Justin Moore, Reba McIntyre, and Ronnie. Aaron Lewis is not good. Yes, he is. No, have you ever seen like his rants on stage where he's just like, oh, he's yeah, he's got a bunch of stupid, but ju- just the just the music, and you just go from like stained to that's that guy, right? Yeah, 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 it's that stained <laughs> guy. 
but like i i don't he's, know he's a stain on it <laughs> <laughs> well i i like i like his last record or is it his last record i don't know the one where he's looking in from the window of a truck yeah uh anyways regardless uh, it, it's still more country than what regardless of what you think of him musically listening to that record front to back it's like the the one song that actually did something on the charts was well that ain't country yeah like it's a pretty anti-mainstream anthem well i guess it's not an anthem because it didn't really make it very far <laughs> but it was built to be that the I anthem think. of a small country yeah that's right uh so anyways like he's on there midland justin moore and uh, reba and also Ronnie Dunn of Brooks and Dunn is on Big Machine. So, well, they also have like Florida Georgia Line and Rascal Flats and Brett Young. So there's definitely some mainstream there. But it, they seem like a label that kind of lets you do what you want to do, but does it in a... Or they make you do what they think you should do. Maybe. And some, maybe they think some should be pop and really lean into that. And then some should be the people who like... I've said it so many times before and I'll say it again today and in the future. I think Midland is one of the flag bearers of like what new country should sound like on the radio and the fact that it's coming from a big label like this. I think that's fantastic news. I I, I haven't heard much of this guy. This was the first I've heard of him when you uh, we share each other's song lists normally so we can uh, sort of digest some of it. And I I admit I got sucked up a little bit in the nostalgia of the song and then I started like really thinking about it more because I start to critically think and start to be okay now I need to listen to these lyrics more closely and analyze it which sometimes I overanalyze it I just felt like I don't know if it's trying too hard to be that sort of like nostalgic bro country kind of thing yeah I'm gone sensitive you know gone bro country (laughs) bro country gone gone sensitive (laughs) bro's gone sensitive where girls gone wild (laughs) god that's the worst three in the morning tv advertisement to see yeah (laughs) just Uh, a bunch of guys in a truck shirtless oh yeah (laughs) with acoustic guitars what's that old little youtube video the uh take her for a rip out for a rip out for a rip (laughs) out for a rip oh yeah something along those lines that was pretty funny um yeah what i was gonna say is that it's gotten some criticism for being like another list quote-unquote list song wait, wait, wait. i made the list high school trucks backroads bud light the troops honky tonks heartbreak porches friday night <laughs> referencing a merle and steve Earle song there's some credibility and we're done <laughs> okay fair enough um just rhyming off these things like for popularity but you know I don't know if it's the mix of the production and it being such a country sounding song that is mainstream in, in mainstream radio, but like this tugs at nostalgia and something you already mentioned more than any other, li- like think of another list song that is dropping names and referencing things very country recently. Like, um, what's that one you really hate exactly i'm just trying to think um something 90s chris, uh, chris young um, yeah doesn't it have the word 90s in it oh yeah yeah it's just it was raised my on life Merle, was raised, raised on, on willie uh wasn't it raised on country or something yeah yeah raised on country that's what it was wow, what I remember a that. terrible song <laughs> and all it's like it sounds nothing like country 
and definitely nothing like 90s country or any of the people he's referencing there, but he's just trying to like list off things for credibility <laughs> and popularity. We haven't ripped on this song for at least three episodes, so this <laughs> is long overdue. <laughs> so here, here is, to contrast that, here is, as you pointed out, another list song, but I feel like it's done with sincerity and in in a way it, it just it binds that nostalgia so much so i'm not from alabama i don't cheer for what is it tuscaloosa and i i, I don't even follow college football for <laughs> the south it's like I don't think we, we, it's fine. one of them's roll tide i don't even know <laughs> um but growing up on a farm and in the country so much of this is just if you, if you step outside of just looking at those parts of the lines that you um, quoted for the list, lines like, and I wish even cars had truck beds. That's so dumb. Oh, no way, man. How <laughs> often did you Doesn't wish make sense. that? I know, but like you always want to tailgate and like you just... Yeah, like, but then if, it's, if the car has a truck bed, then it's either El Camino or you did something weird with your car. It's a metaphor. <laughs> like it's he's, a terrible it, metaphor. Yeah, but it, it's... <laughs> It, it, it's one of those stupid things you think of that I, I've been there before. This is going to become the whole episode of arguing <laughs> with this song. It's okay. I'm, I'm not half done. Get ready. Settle in. You got another beer? Um, and who's never wished that coolers would never run out? Like for me, it'd be more Coors Light or Miller Light. I'm not the biggest Bud Light fan, but still the point remains. But tell me you wouldn't take an endless cooler of Bud Light. Just well, yeah. you'd always have it. For sure. Yeah. yeah so I would. Again, that. in another hypothetical world <laughs> in which cars have truck beds as well. <laughs> so really, we're looking at El Caminos filled with coolers, filled with beer. I love it. Uh, see? Exactly. <laughs> Get into it. I wish Sundays on Creek Bank would never end. Like, that just takes you back. Like, me and my brother catching crawfish in the the creek behind my place that also ran in behind my grandma's place having little cane poles with fishing lines on it or my grandpa's old uh fishing tackle box set and then everything that is like high school and back road kids drinking or drinking kids never got caught i wish the price of gas was low and cotton was high we don't have cotton where i come from but we have everything else corn beans vegetables everything that that, that sentiment uh comes through and who doesn't wish Honky Tonks didn't have no closing time and grandpas never died? And, the, and maybe the best line of the whole song is, and I wish country music still got played on country radio. It is a good line. And interestingly, and this is where I start to wonder if he's going to change, is that line is changed for the country radio version. On the radio, it plays, um, and I wish... George Jones still got played on country oh, radio. That's pandering. I know. I know. Pandering. And that's why. That's why I was like, oh. I didn't think that once until I heard that. And I was like, that's not what that line is. And then it's like, ah. Oh. See, like, is this going to be like the Amarillo Sky of Jason Aldean that everyone's like, yeah, like this is country. And then out next next thing comes out is Dirt Road Anthem and like what's the party one um so my kind of party so it is this is this a thing where you need to put down one credible country album to lay some groundwork whether it gets popular or not it doesn't matter then when your next one comes out and people say this isn't country you, you oh well I, this was a very country album before it this is their natural progression like that's 
That's I don't know. Weird. I have faith in this guy. I've so he's got a TV show, um, or he's been on a, several TV shows, and I, I've I've watched a bunch of it, trying to get a feel for him. I I'm, I believe in Riley Green. I'm real. I, I love wow. I love what has been so far, and this song particularly after having heard it originally when it was leaked on video and it was just uh him and acoustic it was a great song and then when you hear it produced like this with that heavy pedal steel it's just like it is country country well let's put them on our radar officially and see where it goes this is a new thing our country country radar <laughs> we'll each pick an artist every now and again who we think is is gonna gonna pop. I remember a couple episodes. Well, a while ago, I was you put like, Tyler Childers on. Yeah. Well, he was already on a lot of radars at that point. Well, obviously, yeah. It's not like I pulled him out of the uh, no, no the gutter yeah. and was yeah. like, but I, was, I, I, I felt I like the next. And we're not pulling Riley Green out of anything. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's more. Uh, I don't know. Keep, keeping tabs on, seeing if they're gonna go sideways. If they or bridge keep it the real. gap, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah, and also another great line that is absolutely the truth is uh, I wish everyone still knew all the words to mama tried. Like, yes, it's a semi pandering nod to Merle Haggard, but yes, that is absolutely real. But it's a cool story that he also listed both of his grandfathers as co-writers on this tune. Is that his grandpa on the cover of the album? Yeah. I think that is um, his mom's dad. Because if I understood it right, his mom's dad was the one that was all about fishing and got him into fishing and everything. And his dad's dad was the one who was more of a musician or really into music. And so uh, that lends some, you know, like a genuine kind of oh, nature yeah. to the song. Yeah. So the way I understand it is he started playing guitar as a kid and would play with his grandpa and his grandpa had started something called the Golden Saw Music Hall in rural Alabama and had a whole bunch of musician buddies that he would call up when him and his grandson were jamming and be like, oh, I, let, let me look up this guy, see if he's still alive. He used to play the fiddle. And someone shows up. Essentially, they have then a jam session going on with a bunch of people. And so even though he listened to a lot of rock alternative everything else as we all did growing up he had this like authentic old school country set happening with his grandfather and all these old dudes that were great musicians happening at this little rural dance hall jam hall whatever uh it, it technically was so uh yeah, so everything where it comes about fishing or car racing and uh, musical influence uh, is it se seems to be from a very real place. And dude definitely knows a lot about hunting and is is really into it. Um, Halo Waterfowl has its own show now. I think it's called like Halo Country or something like that. Yeah, Halo Country. And there a Dirt Road TV, which I'd never heard of before, ah. uh, a, a while ago when I looked into him after my brother uh, brought this up, uh, looked him up, and there was uh, In the Hunt with Riley Green on Halo, no, sorry, on Dirt Road TV. So Dirt Road TV, I believe when you subscribe, they send you a free package of Skull. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a winter fresh guy, <laughs> winter green. And last note on him, uh, his first bit of fame was 
starring on and winning Redneck Island on CMT. It's like CMT's version I of Survivor. Even, no, I don't. We're not talking about this. So he... <laughs> no, I just... Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there, there's some saving grace to it. He had been musician. Rednecks don't live on islands. <laughs> <laughs> so the show is stupid, but this, this, this is all working to a point. He uh, had been touring around campuses, fully being a musician, and he was on stage at a bar in Alabama, the Florabama, kind of famous uh, music venue right right between Alabama and Florida. And he was approached by a, a talent agent right after the show and asked if he wanted to be on this uh, redneck island on CMT. And he had thought that he was just someone drunk. He'd never hear from him again, <laughs> but uh, gave him his card. And the next day he called and he had to think about it. And apparently the, uh, the, the weighing he was doing in his brain was that these shows don't usually portray people in the best light. But on the other hand, it's potential exposure and potential money. I so, believe that's what every single person that's ever been on something that ends in island is, th except for Gilligan's Island. <laughs> but sure. that's what they're all thinking is fame. Yeah, sure. But people not necessarily who have already started into something. And so, I don't know. He did it. He won. And then started to... Well, no sex tape yet. So he should be... He seems like he should be fine. Yeah, he's got a pretty big following of ladies, so I think they're probably <laughs> waiting for one of those. But on Redneck Island, <laughs> on Redneck Island, that was the theme song, right? It's, I, I have no idea. I don't even know what that I was. Never actually was that saw like it. the love boat that I just sang? <laughs> I don't think it's anything that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I just made up a TV jingle. <laughs> yeah. All right, next. Um, I was I wanted to talk about one of my favorite new newish artists, uh, Carly Driftwood. And she had a really cool song off, off her newest album, or her, her first album, her debut album, called Tennessee Trees. Uh, so she's a singer-songwriter. This is her in her bio. Singer-songwriter. She was a mortician before quitting to pursue music in Nashville because she couldn't afford to make the move to Music City. She became a stripper to save up enough money to leave her hometown. She left Nashville, or she left for Nashville after graduating mortuary school. Hit the ground running. Those uh, are all the key ingredients. Of, yeah. Mortician, stripper, country music singer. Great. The key ingredients of someone I date? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, then she, uh, after she came to Nashville, she recorded, she wrote and recorded her debut album, Too Mean to Die. And uh, this song, I just love everything about this song. Uh, one of the first lines in the chorus is, uh, I just want to take those pills with Johnny Cash. I just want to get fucked up in the back of Hank's Cadillac, smoke those sweet Tennessee trees, just Parsons, Parsons Merle, and me. So, doctor, give me country music and weed. <laughs> I love, you know, when artists sort of step outside of, not that it's not acceptable, but they know something like this isn't going to get radio play. There's no clean version of this song. There really can't be. And... But it gets put out there anyways. And I, I think what you noticed about this, I remember sending this to you, and you were floored because it's, it's very poppy, the, the sound of it. But lyrically, it's, it's dark, and it, it touches on quite a few dark themes. And I really think it's a cool mix of it because it, it brings that lyrical content, that different kind of vibe, but packages it in something that... I mean, some of the songs are uber country, uh, steel guitar and everything some are uh, more on the poppy side but i think musically it's very good she brought in some heavy hitter players for this album too and uh i, I love this song and uh there's a lot of other stuff on this song as well um or sorry on this album as well um that are pretty hilarious 
listens through. So give the whole album a listen. It's called Too Mean to Die. Um, but before I can, you look like you have something to say about it, first of all, before I get too deep into this song. Well, it's, I have a dissenting opinion, and I don't know <laughs> when you want it, now or later. <laughs> okay, let me, okay, let me give this little all bit right. that I have, and then you might feel bad about how dissenting your opinion is. Okay. Um, so part of what I love about her is, again, it was kind of what I mentioned back on the, the previous song I was talking about, Tyler Childers, about putting in some serious content um, into these clever songs. She touches on a lot of deeper issues here, like mental health issues, uh, self-medicating, suicide. Uh, one of the lines is, dying just uh, don't seem so bad. I'm a little bit country with Sylvia Plath. Discharge me to an early grave. Uh, I found some uh, quote from her. It just says, I've battled with depression my whole life. I'm not scared to talk about suicide, um, about suicide that I've thought about. This record is me. It's a juxtaposition of sad-ass depression lyrics with bright music. And I think that is kind of what I was saying earlier. The juxtaposition is cool. Because there's lyrical content in there that you can relate to. It's not just a bland, poppy song with just cookie-cutter lyrics. There's something in there that, you know, really speaks to a lot, to myself and a lot of people because I like a darker edge to my music. And this kind of messed with my head a little bit because musically, well, I do love a lot of the songs. I, I love the whole album, but musically it's not necessarily... cute, poppy... <laughs> Yeah. kind of vibe to her while she's saying some like dark shit yeah so it it messed with my head a little bit and then i just landed i was like okay i, I actually love this this is really cool and i think that it's at that point that i sent it to you and then there's also some hilarious songs in that album she just released uh, a video for this it's called bake you a cake and it, it's basically a song about poisoning um your partner and there's another song called strip my way to nashville but uh you know, with a bit of a listen, um, the humor in the songs tends to give way to a lot of deeper subject matter. So it's definitely an album that's worth a few listens and some objective listens, some critical listens. So, all right, hit me up with what you want to say. Keep in mind that she wants to do an interview on this podcast. She reached out to me for that as well. So oh, yeah? don't be too mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing I was going to say is mean. Okay. She, she seems like a very nice young lady. Um, I just can't get over when I listen to her that she sounds like a more honky tonk and emphasize the more honky tonk part, Taylor Swift impersonator. You can't call her an impersonator. She's not. No, I know she's not trying to impersonate her. I'm just. If you sound similar, that's like calling Coulter Wall a Johnny Cash impersonator, which I I believe you've done. And then neither is valid. Well, when they're sounding so, so, so. And it's not even like influence. Like we we talk about who's influenced by who all the time. But when you're so almost identically similar, it. I I don't know. I'm, I'm not accusing her of impersonating, but it's the kind of thing to me that. And she's the age where if she's listened to country growing up, I doubt she's only listened to Merle and Hank and everybody and Graham Parsons and Flying Burrito Brothers or whoever else she references in all her songs. Um, but that's the beautiful thing is that there is a whole I f- I feel amalgamation like, of influence. I feel like she's been heavily influenced by Taylor Swift, which she won't reference, but her voice sounds so, like just go and listen to listen to any of these songs. Listen to Bake Me a Cake and then Tennessee Trees. And then immediately after that, listen to Taylor Swift's Mean, Should Have Said No or Our Song. And you, there's that way where she has that the voice styling of that very cute kind of sassy half singing half talking style and 
I don't, you, you almost hear, you, you hear it sometimes in Lana Del Rey as well too. Like that song off to the races where it gets like, kind of like high pitched, cute and sassy. And I, I just, I, I can't get past the, the Taylor Swiftness of it. And I super appreciate that the record is what it is. And I agree with all your points about like the song references and the writing and how honky tonk it is. And if this is what like new cute country and I, it can't even be said that because it's I, so dark I, I think that, it's i think it's on like i don't think i think it's on purpose so i don't think you can say that it's some sort of subconscious influence thing that's driving this sound i'm not I saying it's subconscious i definitely think it's on purpose because she understands that there's a market for that and that's going to catch people's ears uh if she were to go full honky-tonk make her voice sound super old-timey i i think this is a perfect mix some mm-hmm. of the, the players that she brought in on this album, they've given it a very authentic sound. It's mm-hmm. it's very well written. The yep. musically it's it sounds amazing. Uh no auto tune found on this album. And I, I just think that she is playing almost playing the system that she can make it sound like that. And on the surface, for people who don't really give it a critical listen, they would love this any of these songs. And for the people who like a deeper listen, they will also love the songs. But for people who it give is, it an extra critical listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think she's she's she understands. I think she's very smart and intelligent. Understands what what sells and what sounds are popular. And I not, don't disagree with any of that. All right, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Actually, I agree with pretty much everything you've said. It's just this personal thing. Like it's it's the same with Coulter Wall. Like I really respect what he does, and but I just. I have a hard time listening to him because it is so like it, 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 it's hurt. It's American highways five. It's like Johnny old man, Johnny cash. So through and through that when we we could do an entire episode arguing about this. Totally. And, (laughs) and like when you're like a 20 something year old kid who clearly grew up through like being influenced of those records, no 22 year old kid sings like this. And it's like, well, yeah, but you 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 can't help but be influenced by totally by what agree. you hear. Like sure, I, I always I always reference impersonation. I always reference American punk bands sounding like they have British accents. Yeah, no, that that's I also agree with that. Because when you grow up listening to it, you you almost can't. That's the way you understand how to sing it. Anyways, um, we could we could argue all day about this, but we should make this interview happen. I I think we had said we were going to go to Nashville and and do it at some point. I think we we're just looking for any excuse to go to Nashville. So. We'll, we'll bang out a few interviews and we'll go down there with a few different people that have talked to us about it. Yeah, I think in the next year or so, we should definitely do Nashville and or Texas. Yeah, hopefully I will come back less battered and bruised. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do, you, uh, what do you got next on the docket? Next up is um, The High Women. I So we've, we've talked quite a bit on this uh, podcast about the sad state of affairs of female country singers these days. And a lot of people talk about it being the case of just country music being anti-women or not supportive of women. And historically, that's just not true. Uh, there, there has been very successful women throughout the old history of country and even right up through the 90s into the early 2000s. Uh, 90s country had superstars maybe not equal to the male superstars because I can't think of someone who really equals 
Garth Brooks or George Strait in terms of sales and magnitude, but all of the the Shania's, the Faith Hills, the Reba McIntyre's, and not to mention the Jody Messina's and Martina McBride's. There's innumerable amount of like hugely successful female country singers. And it really started to drop off. And there's tons of arguments for why it happened. Most of it is put on the business end of things, whether it is whether it is what uh, the listening public wants more or is buying more, what uh, the producers want, what, 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 what research and statistics show, doesn't matter. It's, it's kind of a circular logic or circular argument trying to figure that out. But... In response to this idea that since the last, let's say, 20 years, almost 20 years, 15 years at least, um, there has been a pretty sharp decline in country radio in terms of uh, women at the top of it. And uh, here is now a supergroup that was the brainchild of Amanda Shires, who I, to be honest, I never really knew that much about. In my mind, she was kind of like... Jillian Welch, one of these more Americana bluegrass people that had a few great songs. I know there's much more than a few great songs. It's just I'm not that into that scene. That, I like her a lot. Yeah, Jillian Welch. definitely more your scene. And so I haven't, th- it's not been all over my playlist, but I've known who she is. And it was her idea. And she approached Brandy Carlisle about it and who, who has been an amazing uh, both Americana artist, but also uh, songwriter in Nashville. Ton- uh, Amanda Shires pr- approached. Approached Brandy yeah. Carlisle about it. Yep. And she's and Brandy Carlisle, in her own right, is a wildly successful uh, co- like country, country music songwriter, and in her own music, slightly more skewing Americana way, but nevertheless... Um, and then so they also brought in Natalie Hemby, who is an equally as successful uh, songwriter in Nashville, and also Marin Morris, who is kind of the the it girl at the moment and mainstream radio. Great voice, bunch of cool songs, definitely skewing more towards the mainstream pop country side of things. Um, her first song, uh, My Church, and then... I don't know what, like thinking of like, what's that song? Is it, I'm a 90s baby in my 80s Mercedes? You're not going to get any help from me on this one. <laughs> so not because I don't want to help you. I just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they've, uh, they, they've put together this band and they, f- for the purpose of creating a, a female super group. And the, when, when she was thinking about it, uh, sorry, um, Amanda Shires was thinking about it. She was considering this situation that female country artists are in in the mainstream system with the Nashville establishment and the the big machine that is country music radio and and how do you circumvent or upend this I don't know make your own way and thinking about who has done that in the past and the first thing that comes to mind for anybody I assume would be the outlaws um, something that we just did a podcast uh, what two podcasts ago two or three yeah. podcasts ago, uh, history of, uh, the outlaw movement. And I nice segue. 
after <laughs> or after, reverse segue. I don't know, whatever. It was good. Reference. Go go yeah. back and listen to that whole three part series. And so what the outlaw when the outlaw movement died or died down, quieted out, sputtered out, whatever you want to call it, um, between Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, who are kind of the the most famous, not necessarily the main three, because there's Tom Paul in there as well and some others, uh, Bobby Bear, etc. But when when the, the movement kind of slowed down, uh, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, and also Johnny Cash joined in, and they became the Highwaymen, and was this super group through the 1980s. So this is a reference to the Highwaymen, but this is the Highwomen, and their first tune is called uh, Redesigning Women, which I think is a reference to the 90s TV show Designing Women, uh, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm way off base there. It, it that's sounds a, that's about a first, right. <laughs> that's where my mind went first anyways. Well, it's obviously a play on Designing Women. Yeah. Well, so... I've, this is a catchy song. Oh, it's so good. I, I love the intro riff. And also, um, Jason Isbell is the guitarist. Because Jason Isbell, side note, is Amanda Shire's husband. So... Uh, and this was also produced by Dave Cobb. So there, there's no way this can fit. Can like, we start? Like, what? Honestly... Honestly, but what isn't produced by Dave Cobb? Well, a lot. <laughs> Come on now. Well, I guess m- <laughs> if someone told me that Dave Cobb like produced the production of my truck, I'd be like, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> it's a nice truck. I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, sorry, I should rephrase that as what's good that hasn't been produced that wasn't produced by Dave Cobb. Oh, there's still he. He's not the only game in town. <laughs> he, but he, I, I think he really l- lends to this style. Very Sturgill, Tyler Childers, Sturgill. Sorry, I said Sturgill a couple of times. I was looking Just for keep, Chris. Just keep saying Sturgill, Sturgill, Chris Stapleton. Stapleton. Sturgill, Sturgill. Yeah, I was looking for Chris Stapleton. Sturgill, Sturgill. Yeah, Sturgill, <laughs> Stapleton, uh, Tyler Childers. They all have a similar sound. Uh, different instrumentation and musicians, but their records all have a similar vibe. And I think you can really tie that to Dave Cobb's style of production which apparently is very hands-off, just letting you do what you do. But maybe he just, I don't know, sets a tone or chooses maybe the right artist. Maybe that's why it's so good, and maybe it's almost a throwback to the outlaw movement. Yeah, and so anyways, they, they here are these guys, particularly with this, this song. And Crowded Table is another great song on this record, and it, again, has that same kind of feel to it. But uh, some choice lines from this, uh, redesigning women, running the world while we're cleaning up the kitchen, making bank, shaking hands, driving 80, trying to get home just to feed the baby, skipping the bread for the butter, changing our minds like we change our hair color. Yeah, ever since the beginning, we've been redesigning women, just being badasses, nodding to the traditional female roles that either they have and accept or are are placed on them or burdened with maybe even and then kind of jumping ahead to yeah not only that but we're we're scripting skipping the bread for the butter like we're we're making bank we're shaking hands we're driving 80 like we're we're doing it all we're running the world kind of a beyonce who run the world girls uh really 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 like this and you got to think loretta lynn is just just watching this and just loving it well, uh, they, they, I think they debuted this at the Newport Folk Festival and Dolly Parton was on stage Oh, with that's them. so cool. Yeah, and Dolly said that it was, 
I, I forget what her quote was, but she said she'll never forget this. And it's definitely a transformative moment. Hopefully, knock on wood, that this is something that, again, doesn't go sideways, doesn't go too pop. But when you have these guys involved in doing what they want to do, also when, like, part of the band, I think Sheryl Crow played bass in, in, in at least in one show. So they, I was just going to say, I think it was, I was just looking up some stuff while we were talking. Uh, it was on some show, uh, Sheryl Crow jumped in. For an appearance, anyways. That's cool. I like Cheryl Crow a lot. Yeah, me too. All right. So moving on, what am I going to talk about? Oh, I wanted to talk about um, Lost Dog Street Band. I and I also feel like you always call them Lone Dog Street Band, and I think it's because it's not I really. Think I say it different yeah. every time. And I, I feel like it's because it's not your. It almost feels like it's not your jam, so you're like disrespecting it by saying like no, you know. And I, I don't mean that at all. <laughs> it, it's not a hundred percent my jam, but I think you were really surprised that I knew that one song when. You you played them for me one time. Yeah, I was. Yeah, and what was that song called? I don't remember. I thought you said you covered it or something. No, we were we drinking didn't. that night though. I don't think we covered it. Maybe way back in the day, once for one show. But yeah, it's yeah, that was a late night. I forget what song that was, but it's off that first record. I yeah, if if I saw it again, I'd know it. Anyways, I like them. I, it's just they're they're one of my favorite bands, and I wanted to talk about. Uh, the first song off their newest album, um, Weight of a Trigger, the song's called uh, To Heaven From Here. And I just, there's something about this band. I, I've listened to them for a very long time, and they're, I don't know, whether it's, it's been a summer jam for me because the whole album has been, you know, on my playlist for the entire summer, but it's also a good Didn't summer. you just see them in Seattle? I did, and honestly, it was probably, I'm not kidding, top three, like, live shows i've seen in my life wow it was such a perfect i was gonna get into this after but maybe i'll just talk about it now before i get into the song but it was such a perfect night it was like at the tractor tavern it was a 12 dollar ticket small small venue but tractor tavern is pretty legendary in seattle and i'd never actually been there i'd always wanted to go so i bought this ticket a, a ways in advance and you know i show up there and immediately start just meeting cool people chatting with everybody musicians like people from all around people came from quite far to see the show uh, a lot of canadians were actually there because this band i don't think i've ever seen them come to canada which makes me think probably they can't come to canada you see that a lot because our our laws are a little duis yeah, yeah. gets you banned for like ever um but anyways there were also two other bands we can't bring drugs into the u.s you can't bring your duis into canada <laughs> like what you think you're just gonna come up here and just drive drunk yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna get me up to canada and do some drinking and driving johnny paycheck style um yeah it was an amazing amazing concert there was two other artists uh that i was gonna put them on my list for summer songs too but i had to narrow it down so i figured i'd just mention them quickly um matt heckler and casper allen both opened i'd never heard of either of them and uh they were both they floored me like when casper allen was playing you could absolutely hear a pin drop in the place every single person was all eyes on him it was just him and his guitar very country i think you'd like him and i wanted to send you some music but he's got nothing released yet but i was chatting with him a bit uh online and he said he was gonna he's got an album coming out soon and then matt heckler i this guy was a presence like a tour de force on stage it was just him um sometimes it was just him and his fiddle sometimes it was just him and his banjo and I, i've never seen someone a solo musician like that just absolutely control the room he's a truly amazing musician and uh, his latest release called after the flood 
that's also been on my summer playlist and uh it's something you should check out as well matt heckler after the flood is the album and casper allen look for that when it comes out but anyway circling back to um lost dog street band this song to heaven from here it's just it's a perfect song it starts with this very slow steel intro then kicks up into this um super up tempo bass and fiddle driven song and i think it's pretty amazing about lost dog street band is that they have no drums i mean they are a string band essentially but uh they can just keep that pace going with just just the bass really and uh it's the tempo that they can keep and you, you don't notice that they don't even have drums and it, it gets uh the blood pump and it's a it's a good good album and, and le- or a good song sorry and lyrically it's there's some real gems in there like the first line is uh, i wish i had the perfect love something to admire before i turn to dust uh and the chorus gets into uh, it's a long road honey it's a long road honey to heaven from here it's scared and bloody and the path ain't quite clear and lord ain't we ugly when the shadows disappear and it gets into a real pretty uh, steel solo that andrew you should listen to this song because you'd like it it's it's fairly amazing and it's a bit understated but it's one of those steel solos that just fits so perfect with the song and blends right into a little fiddle outro um, we've got two songs coming up in this list of things that have some of the best modern steel solos i've heard in the last like 10 years at least so stiff competition I mean, all right well, we need to have our, our steel episode one time <laughs> one one day <laughs> one day um last thing i'll say about this is uh benjamin todd who's uh the lead singer of this band uh he's such a strong lyricist and an amazing musician and he has a solo album out uh, that came out a couple years ago and i just learned that he has another solo album coming out this fall so we're lucky enough to get a lost dog street band album and a Benjamin Todd solo album in the span of a year. So very excited about that. There's a video out there right now for the new Benjamin Todd single. I can't remember the name of it, but go check it out. So we're just looking at the clock. We're starting to run down on time here. I'm wondering, let's just keep rolling, but we might need to turn this into two different episodes. Ooh, a two-parter. We've never done a two-parter. No, we haven't, but, but we, it might just need to go that way. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Let's, let's see what happens when it shakes out. And I, I, don't feel about, I don't feel like shutting up about these songs, so we might as well just keep rolling <laughs> and see where we end up. All right. Well, next one up, I, I'm not going to say too much about because I feel like, similar to Casey Musgraves, I just gush about Midland so much. These dudes are the best and along with John Party as I said earlier today I think that this is the best best case scenario for the future of mainstream country music if we can have more Midlands and more John Parties it's a good prognosis for the future of country music on the radio Uh, but they just came out with their latest record at the end of August and they've had teaser songs out since the spring but Playboys came out And it came out when I was in Mexico on my honeymoon. I was drunk every day. Well, not every day, but when I got it, when I got it, I was, and I was so excited. And this song is just like everything you want from like a summer party song. So this was imprinted on your drunk brain. This will forever be the song of my honeymoon, at least part of it anyways. Um, I love that. It, the the fun more party it's a bit ironic sure. too the name of the song <laughs> 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 and it's uh it, it it's the, their interviews talk about how um mark the lead singer is talking about it's a tip of the hat to the band's beginning in the honky tonks in texas uh it's kind of a tip of the hat to all our fr- did he say tip of the hat twice i might have wrote that down wrong tip of the hat to all our friends 
who are doing it night in and night out. So it's very much like on the road, country band, honky tonks every night, just get on the stage and play boys. And that, that's kind of like the turn of phrase. The It's, it's n- not exactly play boys, but play boys Mm -hmm. so it's a really fun tune not going to go on very much more about it because i'm sure i'll talk a lot more about midland in the future and i have a lot in the past so what they're they're saying is that they should play boys uh like play other boys (laughs) is that what you're getting i don't think so (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I think it's kind of a, a a directive between each other just get on the stage and play boys so it has something to do with like playboy magazine (laughs) <laughs> now you're just fucking with me. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Are they being unfaithful to their partners? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> oh, boy. Two-part right, episode, everyone. <laughs> All right, let's move past this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're discussing this at length. My favorite lyric from this song is, I might drink a little too much whiskey, might have a little bit too much fun. I feel like that's like a life mantra for me. Yeah, like this this isn't like a super deep song. It is a fun, really well done honky tonk, modern honky tonk party song. And they don't all need to be deep and whatever, but No, exactly. But still lyrically it all of their stuff is so well written. They're not pulling out lists about well, dirt roads and trucks and all this garbage like So they're great writers on their own, but they also both records have been according to their own interviews and statements have been very lucky to have immediately had on board some of the best right like um shane mcanally one of the most important writers today in uh, nashville and also josh osborne like those are their main two collaborators with as well as the guys in the band for this record and that's like that that's an all-star team right there and then on top of it the guys that play on the record like this Oof. is all filled with Paul Franklin and yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh man, I've got nothing bad to say about these guys. I mean, the only one, one thing, and I mean, this is serious. I'm serious about this. <laughs> Shorts and like flip flops on stage. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> get out of here. That's only because I suggested doing that once for your show, <laughs> and I just tried to justify it with that picture. <laughs> See, it's a thing. It's, not, a, it's thing. not a thing. Oh. Too much. The only people it happens when it's that hot. Yeah, but you need to suffer through it. The only people that were like Pantera pulled it off, they could do it. Uh, Metal bands, I think, are the only ones that can wear shorts on stage. Personally, Mm. or maybe like if you're uh, some sort of like Caribbean, I don't know, what's a Caribbean type band like a steel drum band? They can wear shorts. I'm cool with that. I don't know. I'm over it. Next song. <laughs> You're over what? Shorts on stage? No. Th- this conversation <laughs> about it. <laughs> I feel like I've been intentionally trying to sidetrack you. You are. <laughs> You're derailing this. I almost mixed my metaphors again there. I was about to say you're derailing the ship. <laughs> well, I mean, technically you could derail a ship. You know, when they're putting them into the water, they're on those rails. And if it falls off, that's a disaster. Again, further derailing. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next song? <laughs> Turn over side A. Country, country music. 